Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. This descent into decrepitude is going to be long and agonizing. Mackey and Judd. It's going to be absolutely horrific to watch. On 1500 ESPN. Any sports show or hosts can make predictions, but these guys keep a record of theirs. Gentlemen, we are keeping score. Believing in their prognosticating abilities so much. Listen now as Phil, Judd, and Dave write that down. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Yes, the only sports talk show in America that we know of. <laughs> Are we sure of that? keeps track statistically of our predictions. Should be now, catching on, Phil. You know, we should almost get... Do you follow that old takes exposed on Twitter? Oh, yeah, I love it. Cold takes or freezing cold takes. Yeah. So he does radio interviews, but like he does this, but for every... He's a, he's a media hot take watchdog. Didn't we get exposed for our, uh, our Keenum poll? Last yes, year, yes. that we posted about the house screwed of the Vikings, yeah, house screwed mm-hmm. or the Vikings, and then he came back with that like three months after. Or, yeah, that, it's fantastic. Of course, then Keenum threw a couple devastating interceptions in the postseason that led so to the we Vikings were right, demise, is what you're saying. But, so maybe it wasn't super duper screwed like we thought. Maybe it was just pretty screwed. Going to be screwed eventually, but they eventually were screwed. Um, we've got uh, we got a few things off the board, including the oldest prediction that was left on our board has come off that board, which we'll get to in just a second. If you guys have predictions, we have listener predictions that we take on every week here, too. You can just email us, Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. And we'll get to this, too, in our accountability session. We have listeners that are now catching on to this whole, like, like we make predictions about each other on the show. And so now we're getting emails just to our individual accounts about each other mm-hmm. that Dave revealed one a couple days ago. Uh, we'll start with Dave, though. Dave predicted that the Jets would lose to the Caps in the Stanley Cup Finals. However, Dave bounced back. He said Paul Fenton would be the new Wild GM. Single up the middle there. <laughs> Double to me. Yep. It was in jeopardy. Double. This was a single up the middle. Uh, you said that my first round of golf, which took place at the uh, the Royal Club Royal or Royal Club, the new... Annika Sorenstam Arnold Palmer course, which has elephants buried under the greens. It's impossible to make a putt. You said I would have six or fewer pars and zero birdies. I believe it was three pars, zero birdies, and probably at least three triple bogeys. Woo! There might have been a quad and two triples in there. Ooh, ouchies. <laughs> it was uh it was not it what was, was the super, final tally? Uh one oh three. One oh three or one oh four. But you said that wasn't the worst of the uh, force? 
No, I was not the worst of the four people golfing. Congratulations. I might not have been the second worst of the four people golfing. <laughs> it was a You shot a 103 day. and finished in second place? I don't know if any of us broke 100. I think it was, uh, it was a tough day for everyone in the foursome. Yes! All right. Uh, so Dave gets those two correct. I had Tampa Bay and Winnipeg playing for the Stanley Cup. That was clearly wrong. Let's go to, we'll get to Judd last, because there's a, a home run that, that Judd knocked out of the ballpark from three years ago. Uh, listeners predicted that, let's see, Brian said Phil Hughes will be cut by the Twins before the end of the season, with the Twins swallowing his entire ridiculous salary. Nice. Didn't take long for that one to uh, pay off. No. That's a single, though, right? I mean, that was inevitable. Double? I give him a double. Double for that one? The yeah, Twins swallowing that much money is very un-Twins-like. Oh, cheap pull ass. Who, was gonna, who else was going to... I guess they could have asked him if he wanted to go. Well, they. I guess he could still wind up pitching for AAA Rochester throughout this process, it's a right? Du- it's a double because it's a listener. But if, if it was Dave, a single for sure. A single? Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Take that into account. I might have to make a Judd prediction now and just to spike I know it. Yes. I knew it. I knew it was coming. Years are grinding. I knew it was coming. Yep. Uh-huh. Wow. All right. What you got uh, next? Listener Kate has this one. She emailed this one to Dave before my birthday weekend last weekend. That Phil will spend the evening of his birthday, which was Sunday last weekend, watching the NBA playoffs and not go to some hoity-toity restaurant in the North Loop like Bar La Grassa. We grilled out on the patio and we watched the NBA playoffs. Way to go, okay. Now, the night before, we got... We did one of those staycations at Mall of America, which I've never done before. 40-mile-an-hour go-karts. Uh, we went and saw sharks at that aquarium Oh, downstairs. did you go downstairs to see yeah, the sharks? Yeah, never been there before. I've never done that. And then they also have uh, laser tag. We did some laser tag, adult laser tag, where I almost broke my leg trying to like dodge all the other whippersnappers. Wow. Like hiding around corners and... You can get out of breath pretty what easily. What do you mean by whippersnappers? Like you were the adult and there was kids or... It was me... It was uh, four or five friends, and then they put other. They fill it up to like ten people or something. So you could play with, you could get stuck with like three randoms or. So there was like two or three college kids in there that were just oh, buzzing okay. around, dominating laser tag. Okay, you said whippersnappers. I was picturing like an eight-year-old, and you're just keep Six shooting with the laser. <laughs> <laughs> ah, eat it there, yeah. Chucky. <laughs> yeah, following him around. <laughs> little Jimmy, too bad. <laughs> so that was correct. All right, on to Judd here. Judd had Winnipeg winning the Stanley Cup. You had Bill Belichick stepping down after the season. We can we can take that off the board. Oh yeah, you can. Yep. But back at the end of 2015, this is the oldest prediction we have on our board. Wow. It was a two-part parlay. And you had the first one correct two years ago that Johnny Manziel will be out of the NFL by week one, 2016. And the second part of your parlay, as phrased, was he will join the CFL for his next football endeavor. How about that? That deserves some music. Oh, DeJoy. That deserves more. Yeah, there. That deserves some music. I don't think I would have gone with music, but very well done, Joe. Very it's well. a good, I'm going to give you a plus. Very begrudging. I think the fact that it sat there for almost three years, for two and a half years yep. to pay off. And, th- and that's the CFL part two of that prediction has been close to fruition for how long now? Yeah, he's that's been, been knocking out there on the door for a while. Yep. Now I don't know if he, he. It sounds like he might actually lose the quarterback battle. That there's another guy for the team feeling, that he signed with that might be better than he. I'm is. feeling pretty good about this. Hold on, I'm going to do a pen flip, and then jog around the bases, one flap down. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Atta boy. Just Ed to Barlow. rub it in. 
Edward or who is it? Uh, Ed, Edwin Encarnacion. Okay. Mm. So so Judd is now hitting 286, slugging 625. Dave 373, slugging 608. So Judd's the slugging leader right now. Uh, I'm down to 214, slugging 411. Listeners 276 average, slugging 517. And our guest predictors are still sitting at 286 with a 455 slugging percentage. All right, let's do this. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Judd Zolgad. Prediction number one, write that down for this Friday. Brian Dozier will hit 15 or more home runs in the second half of this season. It's clear that Doge is not uh, not going to turn it on for the first half, which is very Doge-like. But Brian being Brian will turn it on for the second half. So the second half of this season, it will be 15 or more home runs. Off the record, will those 15 home runs all come with the Twins? If the Twins are smart, probably not. But that's off the record. Okay. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I'll stick to the Twins. Miguel Sano, he's back. Miguel Sano's first at-bat upon returning to the lineup for the Minnesota Twins, I assume it will be tonight, will be a true two-outcome at-bat. He will either home run or strike out. There will be no other outcome. Look at Dave just dropping down bunts right now. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with, with down the bunts. home run. I thought you were going to say step up in Safeco Field. <laughs> and after a day of enjoying uh, uh, seafood and high-calorie food, possibly hit a home run. Okay. Write that down. down. Give you credit. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. All right, I'll go on the record with this. I brought this up a couple days ago, that Miguel Sano, despite all of his flaws and the fact that people who saw him in Rochester say that he's even bigger now than he was a couple weeks ago, he will still hit 10 home runs or more from this point until the All-Star break. So he'll get white hot in the power department from Mm. right now until the All-Star break. He has about six weeks to do it. So he's going to have to hit a home run, about two home runs a week between now and the All-Star break. But I think he, I think he's going to have a little fire lit under him. I, he's definitely not oblivious to criticism. So Write this down. Write it, it down. Happens. You like writing things down. Right, back to Judd. Uh, the National Football League will make at least one revision to its national anthem policy before the season begins. So there will be a story in the coming weeks before, before the season starts that they are making at least that they're either going to the players to consult with them. They'll change one at least one thing about the policy, which now j- just reads that if you're going to kneel, stay in the locker room. If you're if you are going to come out, you, you must respect the flag and anthem. They're going to because of, of the criticism. Will it be a change or a tweak? They will make at least one revision. Is the word that I use? Okay. Paul Fenton would have called it a tweak. So but. that would be more of a. Tweak, but yes, something will be changed about it. Okay, write that down. Write this down, David. The Indianapolis 500 taking place on Sunday. Danica Patrick making her final run at Indy. It will end for her with an accident. Oh, I thought you were just gonna. Oh, <laughs> so she won't wow. finish the race. She will be involved in a wreck that will take her from well, the field. I thought you were going in a very dark place there. <laughs> that will end for you her. You wow. that Danica Patrick goes the way of Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers looking for a new girlfriend. I thought you were going to say something. I, I didn't know where you're going with really that. Really an awful thing. Really it's an awful thing It's say. racing, man. You never know. Auto racing, you never know. It doesn't mean you have to predict it. No, I thought you were going to, though. Just never know. I would have respected you greatly if you had. <laughs> Write it down. You like writing things down. I don't Write know that you're going to drink this weekend, but I can assume you will. <laughs> yeah, that's a safe assumption. All right. 
I also have a Judd prediction, by the way, for later on. Oh, so, really? So we might have to strategically get Judd out of the room here. But That's okay. Uh, I got to go. Paul Fenton will get someone on the wild roster to waive a no-move clause this offseason. So no move, not a no trade. Either way. No, no okay. trade or no move. Okay. He will get some, someone who currently things. has protection against being dealt. So if Eric Stahl, who, who I think has a, a, a list of 10 no-trade teams, waives that list. Yes. All right. Okay. Yes, so gotcha. so that makes it a little bit less like Koivu would be uh, more of a yeah. home run, but I but I think he's going to go to one of these veterans and get them to move either their partial or full no trade clauses. Okay, Dave, write this down. Write it down. You like oh, writing sorry. things no, we're down? Back to Judd. Back to Judd. Yeah. My last one. Daniil Hunter will lead the Vikings in sacks this season. He, he had seven last year, and uh, Griffin had uh, thirteen to lead the team. This year, the guy who's coming up for a contract though, Daniil Hunter, will lead the Vikings in sacks. In 2018. Okay. All right, back over to uh, Dave. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. I'll make this easy. Caps in seven. Okay. Very easy. Yeah. Okay. Like Chris it. Long Write will have to down. sweat out another game seven, but I he like will it. be victorious and very happy. Okay. Before I make my Judd prediction, you can stay for the listener predictions here, Judd. Then we'll kick you out, and I'll make my Judd prediction. But uh, Aaron D. emails Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. Dalvin Cook will lead the NFL in yards from scrimmage in 2018. Brian predicts by the end of the calendar year, Andrew Wiggins will make a list somewhere on the internet of the five worst contracts in the NBA. And Logan predicts Hulk Hogan will return to the WWE and main event SummerSlam 2018. Is that like a, is that, I'm the wrestling guy. I have not heard that as a report. So this would be a pretty if huge you don't prediction. Know, maybe sure don't maybe know. it's out there. I don't know. I'll do a little search. But Ooh, uh, Logan boy. saying that Hulk Hogan, who's had, I think, hip replacement surgery and is in his mid-60s and hasn't wrestled in a long time, will make his return to the WWE. All right. All right, Joe, we're going to ask you to leave. Oh, good, okay. I'll see you guys, because I got to go. Yeah, get out of here. I got to go. But but Pat, Pat, we still have like 10 minutes of segment. I got to go. I got to go. What do you mean you got to go? I I mean, I got to go. Oh, you got to go. All right, Judd's on his way to the little boy's room. All right, so uh, Judd fraudulently stepped foot inside Bat and Barrel, the place that he's been ridiculing and mocking for three months on this show, Mm -hmm. inside Target Field, and he drank two pints of beer. And Two it, it, surly hells at 11 bucks a pop, he believes. Judd, at some point, I'll just say uh, at some point between now and the All-Star break, Judd will spend time on our show talking about how Bat and Barrel is one of his new favorite places. Like, he'll rave about Bat and Barrel <laughs> to some extent. I don't know how to fully quantify that, but he will go from ripping Bat and Barrel to, on our show, praising Bat and Barrel for how great it is and how he was wrong before. Okay, I All like right. that prediction. Okay, he was actually doing that a little bit off the air yesterday, so I think this okay. should be easy this is happen. to make okay. it make it happen. Yeah, I wonder. It might be too obvious if we try to make it happen today because he's got his radar up for Judd predictions, but it'll happen at some point. Well, maybe we'll try to bait him into it next week. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Okay, write it down. You like writing things down? Yeah, Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. I don't want to get any messages on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Ready to be back in business or what? On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Metafast. Down to six. Crosses over Curry. Comes into the paint. Goes to Gordon. Catches. Shoots a three. Got it! Eric Gordon drills another big three! 
Down to five. Paul still holding. Fights running Capella screen on West. Another heave. Three! Hits again! I'm not even sure he could see the rim on that one. A running three for Chris Paul is good. Incredible. Hey, from our conversation at the top of the show, just thinking about other innovative teams, teams that changed the course or paved a new path in in their leagues, which is what Mike D'Antoni's Suns and Rockets, and now by extension the Warriors, the Warriors took what Mike D'Antoni did with Phoenix, and they brought it to a championship level with even brighter stars, and and here they are. It's it's sort of the the clash of those systems in this series, but. Uh, we threw out you threw out the 1980s Oilers in the NHL, and I countered with the bog it down Devils yeah, in the Devils 90s, which tried in, to, yeah, boring but innovative. Yep, and uh, I think you could say the early 1980s West Coast 49ers. That wasn't the first team to implement West Coast. weren't the Bengals in the 80s the first team to implement West Coast, but or in the 70s. Uh, but either way, like the 49ers were the first team well, to use West Coast actually, high completion percentage, low turnover to win championships. Actually, if you trace the the West Coast offense as it sort of started out, because it's morphed and changed quite a bit, but I think if you go all the way back, it might be Jerry Burns Vikings when when he was the OC for Bud. I think when Jerry, I think Jerry gets a lot of credit, yeah. or he didn't, but now does. Uh, for for the the version of the Vikings offense that he because he had been if I'm not mistaken Burnsy's history was he was on Lombardi staff in Green Bay mm-hmm. and then Bud hired him here as his OC and I think that really if you trace sort of the the originating factors and when I was a kid the Vikings had a r- running back Ricky Young who's still in town here now. And they got him from the Chargers for Ed White in a trade. And I remember they would throw short passes to him constantly. Very West Coast. And so I think that that's that's where that goes back to. But the interesting thing about football is this. For every change, the counters are so quick. Like in basketball, if if you could shoot threes, defenses are going to to try to improve and stop you. But stopping you can be hard, especially if, if you have star players. But if you think about it, in football especially... You think about all the evolutions and changes that, that we've seen in that sport, and if nothing else, opposing coordinators will spend an entire summer watching film and trying to stop you. And they're often uh, successful there. I go back to the read option that the 49ers and Kaepernick ran against the Packers. If you recall, Phil, that was all the talk of, oh, this is now going to be a read option league. Everyone's going to do it. The Packers couldn't stop it. And basically, all the defensive coordinators sat down for three months and said, okay, we'll stop it. And then, yes, well, first of all, of course teams are going to stop it because if they stop it with a with a big-time hit, the quarterback doesn't play anymore, which is what happened. Like, RG3 just couldn't play anymore. Uh, I don't know if Kaepernick ever took the big hit, but... But it's but there are ways to, to stop it. Yeah, right. to put your quarterback out there for 15 rushing attempts or even just expose him that often. My favorite one, everyone thought the Wildcat was going to be innovative, but if you break it down, okay, yeah, there's an element of surprise there. Oh, my God, what are they doing? Where's the quarterback? But once you get past that initial surprise, 11 defenders know that you're going to run the ball unless you want to have a running back throw it, which they might welcome. Jerick right? McKinnon tried to do once, right? And it did. Oh, my Jarek McKinnon played quarterback. <laughs> and then, oh, here he gets. Oh, it's a secret weapon. He puts the ball up, and it was like a 40-mile-an-hour gust of wind came from the opposing team's end zone. Um, I'll give you another one here, though. This is more of a front office innovation that really had other teams thinking and responding to it. 
the lowly Oakland A's from the, the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, where they just had a different way of looking at and pinpointing talent and filling out a roster with like a $40 million payroll. So that was more innovation in a front office. And it was the money ball approach right. where they would say, you know what, we don't, we're not going to be able to replace a big thumper, Jason Giambi, with another big thumper. Let's just replace his productivity by maybe raising the water level of our team on base percentage and uh, and doing things like that. So, yeah, I, I think that fits into the innovative conversation. I was going to throw 1998 Vikings and 1999 Rams offensively. I mean, the 98 Vikings, if you didn't have Randy Moss, you wouldn't be innovative. So you have to have the talent to be innovative. That's the thing is you've got to have the star, star player or yes. pl- players, yes. But just being able to send a talented wide receiver down the field yep. and uh, in stretch defenses like that and then have other players working underneath like Robert Smith and Chris Carter and Jake Reed and tight ends, mm-hmm. that was innovative for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Rams, so, so the Rams took the Vikings... The Vikings' blueprint in 98 was essentially to feature one guy and throw deep passes up, and he he would out-jump guys and athletically just destroy them. The Rams seemed to take it and say, okay, let's fine-tune it. And so now the Rams, if I recall correctly, came at you with at least two guys that could catch the ball, or three. The Rams were almost a hybrid West Coast with how often and they Marshall fought. had more crossing patterns too. and things, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, not that the Rams didn't go deep down the field, but didn't the Rams feel like yards after the catch? That's what it felt, yes. And and the the Vikings basically said, Randy, run deep. It doesn't matter how many defenders go with you. And we'll if you recall, you. Yeah. The, as great as uh, Cunningham's stats were that year, a lot of those passes were like punts. Like he was essentially throwing the ball up, and Randy would just go get it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was throwing lasers down the field. He was essentially, it was essentially a situation of it's going to be a jump ball. And nine out of 10 times that year, Moss was going to catch the jump ball. So I would say the Rams, probably to their credit, took ideas and concepts and crafted them them more. But then, of course, your teams come back and start to, that's that's the thing. Any counter in football or, or change in football has been countered fairly. Successfully, maybe we'll say that the Tampa Bay Rays putting Sergio Romo in the first inning is the ask Chris innovative about wave. That. I'm curious <laughs> should, about yeah. that. They're they're going to start. They're going to start three guys from the bullpen this weekend. So the, the, what they're We're looking almost going to start is, twice. They're going to wipe out the first inning or second inning, and then bring a starting pitcher type yes, in all for three the games. Innings. All three games. Interesting. It's fascinating. Obviously, if they had. Which they're just not going to because they're the Rays. They got lucky a couple times where all of their top pitching prospects panned out, and they had like David Price and mm-hmm. um, if they had five Chris Archers or five sure. David Prices in their prime, they wouldn't do have to this. do that. But get creative. Yeah, we can talk to Chris Singleton about that in an hour. Dave, you got some stuff for us next. What's stuff got? I've got the inside scoop on Aaron Rodgers and his family, as well as the inside scoop on what's up with Major League Baseballs. Baseballs. We'll get to that. Let's talk about what's on our TV screen right now. We're watching MLB Network on our TCL 55-inch Roku TV. We flip around. I, I love watching golf on this thing. Uh, just you, Watching golf on a 4K TCL TV where you can see every blade of grass and every drop of Phil Mickelson's armpit sweat through that weird long sleeve shirt that he used to wear. Uh, or that he's probably going to keep wearing throughout the course of the summer. If you haven't watched sports on a TCL 4K Roku TV, you're definitely missing out. You're missing out on thousands of streaming channels. 
I'm the geek who likes to stream WWE Network, too. And uh, I notice sometimes I'll notice when we come in on a Monday and there may have been a pay-per-view on a Sunday night. I think some of our part-time producers may be enjoying WWE Network on the old TCL 4K Roku TV as well. That's right. There's no shame in it. That's okay. You can stop into any major local retailer. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Different guys. Uh, I, they're very least, different. At least the little bit of the personalities I've seen. Yeah, uh, they, they're, their they're, personalities they probably are... don't go out at night together. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Firestone Complete Auto Care. Keeping cars running newer, longer, whatever you drive. Drive a Firestone. Judge Show, give me a go, no go for We're stuff you should know wings. about. Hosts, go. Producer, We're go. Technical, go. Music, go. Volume, go. The actual stuff, we are go. Wings. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. What's that chip? What chip say again? We're looking to add wings. All right. I'm He's either hungry or wants better defensive players out past the elbow. I'm, I'm sure. looking to add some stuff to my life, Dave Harrigan. That's what I'm looking to add. That's great, Judd. Thank you for that <laughs> rousing introduction. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what I want. I want some Friday stuff. Yeah. You just want to take a segment off. I get it. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Steve Kerr. <laughs> With a fun coaching moment that the uh, TNT cameras and microphones caught last night, chatting with Kevin Durant about the good old days. When, when MJ was with the Bulls, we had a playoff game, and he kept, he kept trying to score. And he was scoring, but we weren't getting anything going. Bill Jackson said, who's open? He said, John Paxson. I want you to trust your teammates early, early. You're, what you're doing is you're getting to the rim, and then you're trying to hit him. I want you to trust the first guy and then move. Still attack, still look to score, but trust these guys, okay? You know, Bob Seeger. That's it, all I got to say. <laughs> what do you think that conversation would have been like at the end of the game when KD, for at least the second time this series, went completely silent and didn't take any shots near the end? Now, uh, KD, when I play with MJ... He took pretty much every shot in the last two minutes, except for that one time when he passed it to me to seal what I think was his fifth championship. So quit being a sissy and put that ball up with a minute and a half to go. Come on. Here we go. I would have liked to have heard that one. Yeah, I think there was an Amber Alert out for Kevin Durant in the last uh, two minutes. All right, he disappeared. There's a bit of that. Let's dive deep into the Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers family saga. Oh, boy. And we dive deep, courtesy of the former girlfriend. Olivia Munn. Oh, she's still okay. She broke the silence. She was on, uh, I believe, Sirius XM with Andy Cohen, and Andy asked all about the relationship and got into the uh, Rogers family dynamics. And she said, you know, before we started dating, they had gone a long time, Rogers and the, the rest of the family, not talking at all between the parents and one specific brother. Oh, because I thought it was framed as like she came in and then no, they stopped. Okay. No, all no. Right. She frames it this way, that they had not spoken, but that she eventually talked to Aaron and they really had a heart-to-heart and she said, look, family's important. You have to connect. You have to try to break through this. And eventually that actually happened. Um, the the year that they were dating, or at least the first one, when she uh, when he was back playing football, she'd go to the games in Green Bay, and the family would be there. Everything was wonderful huh. for at least a while, and then it all broke down again. I do believe like that family and fame and success can be really complicated if 
your their dreams are connected to your success. There's a lot of complications. Mm, yeah. I, I don't I don't think either side of the road is clean. Yeah. But um, I do think it's it's um, it's not okay when you try to stand on someone's shoulders and then throw dirt in their face, which is what I think they did with him. So, so she's Whoa. defending Aaron on this. Oh, sounds like she, well, she said there's no, not, it's not clean on either now, side, but she's certainly pointing the finger opposite Aaron. Now to what Phil said, though, he is exactly right. This was painted at one time as her coming into his life, and then he disassociated. So now she's saying that this existed for a long time, and that I was a bi- and that I tried to help, yes. but ultimately was a bystander. Mm-hmm. This changes the entire narrative of the a Raj against his family. And she got very specific, saying it was a day on their the trailer in the trailer when she was filming the newsroom that was an HBO show, I believe, mm-hmm. that they wrote down a pros and cons list or you know bullet points of how to get back with the family and get everything in good graces. So she was very. Very specific, very detailed. Judd, this feels like a really good out for you. If you no longer want to go to Iowa to see the in-laws and that side of the family, I think you just accuse them of riding your coattails and standing on your shoulders and say that you're just uncomfortable with the whole dynamic. I'll have to give that some thought. I'll have to give that some thought. I I think that might not go over too well. Heck of an idea, but it might not go over too well. Let's talk about the work of Alan Nathan, Professor Emeritus of Physics, University of Illinois, physics of baseball researcher as well. He was leading the group of scientists and smart guys studying baseballs, studying the effect of the baseball, and the study is out. Gentlemen, would you like to learn something? Yes. Drop some knowledge bombs? Yes. The most important things they've learned about the baseball the last few years, whether it's juiced, whether things have changed, Launch and angles are doing runs it. are happening at a record pace. Right? That's Number why. Number one, the baseball is not juiced. The composition of the baseball apparently has not changed. Okay. Number two, the ball is carrying farther. Hmm. Interesting. Weather is not a factor. We know that, according to the researchers. The seams have nothing to do with rising or lowering of the seams. That apparently has nothing to do with why the ball is traveling farther. It is also not an issue with the core of the baseball. That has remained steady. The core is not the issue. In fact, all of the specs of the baseball are seemingly uh, standardized and have been for many, many years. Those are not the problem. Oh, geez, what's happening? It's not the pitcher's fault. They analyze pitches being thrown and pitches, you know, bad pitches, good pitches. They're being hit just as they were uh, long ago. Velocity is up. Velocity's up. That is correct. That might have something to do with it, perhaps. We know that, uh, well, let's see. Takeaway number nine. The researchers actually don't know why the ball is carrying farther. So so that's the, 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 the result that. of the research is they don't. They, the result of the research is, uh, yeah, we don't know. Okay, Alan Nathan well, was asked about launch angle. We're not looking. We're not trying to look at individual players. We're trying to look more globally. And when you look globally... Okay, you look at the whole spectrum of major league players and ask, is there a systematic change in, uh, in their launch angle, uh, especially for hard-hit balls? I mean, what really matters is what is the, what is the launch angle for hard-hit balls? Because those are the ones that are most likely to be home runs. And we could not find any significant change. Hmm. How much so. did this uh, cost? <laughs> Maybe the walls have been secretly moved in 10 feet in how? each ballpark. I just want to know how much baseball 
paid for all these geniuses to get together and come back with a no verdict. I do like the fact that Phil's theories, maybe they just needed a tape measure. <laughs> maybe when it says 325, it's actually 312. Could be. Uh, Shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah, our tape measure is not long enough here, so let's just, I don't know, take a play. <gasps> take a guess. LSU was playing a little baseball in the SEC tournament last night, taking on the South Carolinas. 12th inning, they went all the way to the 12th, tied at 3. Then LSU took the lead in the top of the 12th, and adding that to that lead was pitcher Todd Peterson. He got to the plate for his very first college at bat, stroked one to the wall. Find a spot in the lineup! Oh, he tattoos it! He was told by his coach, go up to the plate. I know you've never hit in college before. Just just stand with the bat. Just hope for a walk. Just just be there. We need a body. Post game. What was your mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I'm in. I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. What did Paul Maneri tell you before you walked up there? Well, I mean, at first, he said, you know, just go up there. Don't swing the bat. Don't do anything. And then it changed the pitch, and I was like, he's getting scared out there. He's like, yeah, did you ever hit an ice school? I go, I hit bombs. He's like, all right, I'll swing away. And the post-game <laughs> press conference, <laughs> Peterson making an admission to that coach, uh, Paul Maneri. When's the last time you've had an at-bat in a competitive baseball game? Uh, high school, I guess. Coach, I'll be honest, I didn't hit in high school. My coach what? didn't let me. You know, I hit BP a couple times. You know, I did hit nukes, I'll tell you that. But, uh, I did hit nukes. But yeah. You didn't even hit in the games in high school? No. Oh, <laughs> let me It hurt, you know, but I guess it paid off. All the so you practice. lied to me? Coach, I, I wanted to swing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's so good. So wait, so even... I would oh. think that he, if, if they would have let him hit in high school, he probably would have been a good hitter because... Isn't that the way it works in high school? Where usually, like your best pitchers are almost always really good hitters too, because they're just good baseball players. Yeah, good athletes, why yeah. would they sit him? Like, why would they only have him pitch in high school? It's weird because I'm watching his swing. He looked like he had a very competitive swing out there. Yeah, obviously it worked out. But uh, he said the coach is worried about him getting hit. I don't know where he played baseball. Maybe he just had a rock solid lineup and didn't need to hit. I don't know. Oh. The coach saying what is the best part of the whole thing? Yes. You lied to me? Yeah, I lied to you. Now you, you gotta put When's the last the time you've had an at-bat in a competitive baseball game? Uh, high school, I guess. Coach, I'll be honest, I didn't hit in high school. My coach what? didn't let me. <laughs> what? That's outstanding. Uh, did you, did you ju- remind me, did you just score in high school or did you get into any games in high school? No, I just did stats. Just did stats, okay. Oh, no, I didn't play. Okay. I didn't play. Did they ever offer it? Like senior day? You know, final home game of your senior year. No, 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 no. In fact, in in, in high school, when, when I kept score of the games, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I just dressed in jeans and a, a top thing. They didn't give you, like, I you didn't have a jersey? uniform. No, no. I just had a normal like uh, Benilde St. Mar- Margaret's baseball fleece and jeans on. I didn't have proper attire to play. Yeah. I was a scorekeeper. I was a stats guy. That's well, what you, I did. High school coaches at varsity level, they have to wear the jersey. They do, but I wasn't I mean, a coach. I was the stats guy. Oh, I know, I but you didn't, did you ever ask? To get a, a uniform? Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I had no interest. 
I'd love to see know what Judd looks role. like in a baseball uniform. Know your role in life, man. I was not a I was not a player. Did Chris Reavers can bring one of those tomboy uniforms in. Can we just yeah. get you dressed no, up in a baseball uniform? No, because my gut will look like Chris's. It'll be ugly. What do you mean? Those those town ball jer- jerseys are, are ordinarily a, oh, a little bit tight. No, so you, you can get a baggy the, one. You get an so XL. You, it's not baggy enough for me anymore. Did you go through the handshake line after the game? No. Nope. Look, if CC Sabathia and Lance I? Lynn can find jerseys that are, That's you know, a good point. Why would I go through the handshake line? You're sitting I on just the bench kept with your score. teammates. Why not? Because I was busy putting t- together the final tally. <laughs> the runs, hits, errors, oh, yeah. and most importantly... At the time, L-O-B, how many guys did you leave on base? Did you announce into a microphone, like in professional press boxes, uh, the final line on Taylor <laughs> no. Rogers, no, inning and a third, seven earned no, runs, I didn't go 19 hits, I didn't, again, four left. two innings, 74 <laughs> pitches. No, I did not do that. I think it'd be really fun. They've got these batting cages around the Twin Cities now where you can... You can program. Well, they've got two different ones. They got the ones, the screens where it's an sure. actual like video of a pitcher throwing the ball, and the ball comes out of his hand. Uh-huh. And then you can program slider, curve, fastball at whatever velocity you want to. It would be really fun for our show to go to one of these things and just see sure. like what we could. I couldn't, or couldn't hit. hit. I couldn't hit it. one to save my life, probably. But I would certainly well, try. It. We, It'd be fun to try. If it. we started at like sixty miles yeah, an hour and just kind of lob it in yeah. there. But but there's one that you can crank up to a hundred miles an hour. Okay, that would not be good. <laughs> I might start crying and pee my pants. <laughs> Amazing, uh, Chris Singleton in about forty five minutes at eleven thirty. Doogie is getting his car fixed. We're hoping he comes He's in for gonna a scoop make session. It. I don't know what we're going to do without you're, a Doogie scoop you're session. You're very worried today. It's one of our favorite I have segments. I have strong faith in Doogie's Doogie. Doogie's going to make it. He said he's got a ride all range. I'll be there fine. Shouldn't be a Bleacher problem. Bleacher Report is just waiting for him to drop some wolf scoops <laughs> so they can put them together and send them out. Actually, there's a there's a baseball scoop that just came out, and a couple people in our Twitter timelines are asking if the Twins should consider this. It's a huge name. Someone who's not quite as good now as they were five years ago, but Mm -hmm. is now available. Uh, We can throw that out when we come back. Let's talk first about my favorite car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota. Uh, One of my favorite things about Luther Toyota, when you go in, let's say you've got a used vehicle or you're maybe you're in the market to upgrade to something else and you want to find out how much is your pre-owned vehicle worth. Well, you can stop in, no appointment necessary, and get a no-strings-attached free assessment an appraisal of that vehicle. Uh, they'll make you a competitive offer. And then from there, you can decide, all right, what do I do? Do I want to take the money and run? Do I want to use it for a trade-in or or you know into something else? That's up to you, but it's a super easy process. You can go in, open until 9 o'clock on the weekdays, and you can find out what your used vehicle is worth. Maybe you use that money to get into one of these brand-new Highlanders, brand-new 2018 RAV4s couple of the best SUVs in the country right now. You can get into that RAV4 2018, a 36-month lease, no money down for $259. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Now it's your turn. This is 1500 ESPN. Get out to Target Field tomorrow. It's the fourth annual Town Ball Classic presented by 1500 ESPN and the Minnesota Twins. Get out there and help raise money for the Twins Community Fund. Gate 29 opens at 9 a.m. First pitch is at 10 with the Class C game, followed by Class B, and then Class A. All the games broadcast here on 1500 ESPN as well. Tickets are just 10 bucks. available online or at Gate 29 tomorrow. For more info or to purchase your tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword town ball. Thank you, Dave. Question for you, Judd. Yes, sir. 
Let me see here. I'm just checking the Twins' uh, offensive numbers for the season. Well, they're not very good. The Twins oh. have, and they've had a depleted lineup. In fairness, uh, you know the Twins' right-handed batters against left-handed pitching this year has been atrocious. You'd think that that would be a strength. Right-handed batter, left-handed pitcher. Yep. You'd think it'd be a strength. The Twins are hitting just 244 with a 373 slugging percentage in those situations. That's terrible. That's a 680 OPS. Yuck. All right? So with that in mind, how would you like to add to the middle of this lineup a 333 hitter with an 854 OPS? How would that make you feel? Uh, it would make me feel like uh, it might be a prudent move if, if you have hopes of continuing or trying to compete in a bad division in 2018. I agree. How does that sound? Because those are Hanley Ramirez's numbers as a right-handed hitter against left-handed pitching so far this year, and he was just DFA'd by the Boston Red Sox 10 minutes ago, according to their official Twitter account. Uh, on the season, if you include all of his at-bats, and he's played in basically every game, first base, DH for the Red Sox, he started off as a shortstop with the Marlins back in the day, and then they moved him to the outfield for a while, I think. And now, yeah, that didn't work out so well. No, now he's now he's been a first baseman, but on the season, he's not ter- two fifty four average. Uh, the power hasn't really been there. He only has six home runs in uh, in forty four games, driven in some runs. But Hanley Ramirez, if you could get him now, because Boston is they've just elected to eat that twenty two million dollar salary, and he'd be a free agent at the end of the year. There's a vesting option, but I don't think you're on the hook for any of that. If you're the, I, I'd have to see. Um, so, if he if he passed through and Boston ate that money, or if you could swing a deal with Boston, give up almost nothing and they eat the money, I wouldn't mind Hanley Ramirez on this team platooning. Maybe it's like a Logan Morrison Hanley Ramirez Joe Mauer combination at DH and first base. If Joe's coming back soon too, that that's the thing. Uh, Jim Bowden, the former GM of the Nationals and Reds, actually uh, tweeted this uh, right after the news about Hanley came out. Possible landing spots: Rockies one. Indians in a uh, potential pl- uh, platoon with Alonzo two hmm. twins in a potential platoon with Logan Morrison okay. three. So he's been mostly a disaster with the Red Sox. It's it's been a the Red Sox paid big money for him and Pablo Sandoval a number of years ago, and both those guys were just they wound up just eating tens of millions of dollars for both those guys. And he's been a below he's been a uh, below replacement level player Hanley in three of the last four years, including so far this year. But if you could just bring him in and have him be a three day a week player against left-handed pitching, a bat late in games, he'd have to accept that role. Obviously if he, um, there's if, still some, there's still something left there. If he was going to get in someone's way, I would say no, but I don't think he would. Like if there, if there was a young player who was going to get replaced and you said, well, is this a prudent idea uh, for future development? I would question it. But there's not. And in fact, Phil, the more I, I look at what the Twins have now, this is a very, in some ways, pitching not not as much, but in some ways, this is potentially a very short-term team. Catcher's going to change, I, I think. First baseman, I don't think Joe's back at, at this rate. And if I'm not mistaken, Morrison's option on year two resides with the team, mm-hmm. not the player. Dozier is probably gone at this rate. Your shortstop is going to change. Sano, I think, is going to be around, but I don't think he's going to be at third base. And and if he does come back and plays decent and they trade him, I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah. Rosario's back for sure. Buxton is back. 
Kepler's back. So so your outfield your outfield's probably in pretty good shape. Your infield in 2019 stands to look drastically different. Oh yeah, and then if you span out two years from now and you start to project, what does this Twins infield look like? Doesn't sound like like you said, Maurer and Dozier are going to be part of it in two years from now. Snow first base if he's still part of it. Royce Lewis might be up by then. Nick Gordon is probably up. I by think then. they're both up. And by then, then Jorge Polanco is a big question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, really, like there's only a handful of players that I'm that I would put a lot of money on that are going to be on the team, offensive players for sure in two years. I'd put a lot of money on Buxton. I don't know what kind of player. We're going to get into some of that. There's a big story written on uh, Bleacher Reports website. We can dive into that maybe in the eleven o'clock hour. Kepler, unless they trade him for a pitcher. Eddie Rosario, all of a sudden, of this bunch, has kind of become the star centerpiece. I mean, that's a guy, he's going to hit 25 or 30 home runs. He's never going to be a huge on-base machine, but he gets on base enough, and he hits for power, and he's exciting, and he runs the bases, and he can play some defense he's in the corner spots. Yeah, I mean, he has, he's gone from kind of a fringe major leaguer, you yeah. weren't quite sure a couple of years ago, to, whoa, okay, this, mm-hmm. is, this is definitely not a fluke, and this is a guy who... Is almost, Eddie Rosario is almost the heartbeat of your baseball team right now. I wouldn't say that it's... I mean, Dozier's the most established player, but right. as far as the heart and soul of your team, I think Eddie Rosario would would wear that hat right now. Mm-hmm. And pitching-wise, at least from the starting standpoint, Santana is almost certainly gone, mm-hmm. right? Gibson, I don't know. O- Odorizzi's going to be around at least through 2019. Um, Brios, for sure. And... Uh, Fernando for sure, but besides that, so your your four and five are going to change. Yeah, there there's a there is a lot of of potential moving parts that's going to have the Twins look like a very different team next year. I yep. think so. Oh, Hanley Ramirez, yeah, little, little rent, little rent to Hanley. Probably don't have to. Probably wouldn't have to give up a whole lot or pay a whole lot to get him, and he still mashes left-handed pitching, even though he's thirty-four years old and he's not the same player we remember from five six years ago. Uh, we'll have Chris Singleton on to talk some Twins, get his thoughts at 11.30. Uh, later on, we're hoping a scoop of doogie comes uh, to fruition. Is Questions ready for a fifth-inning appearance here? Yes, Questions is actually very excited so we can get out of here early and start the weekend going, uh, what, what about 11.15, man? Big weekend plans oh, for Questions? He's, he's got a cooler ready. He's just set to go. Yeah, Sounds like me. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't started drinking already. Oh, no. Hey, the big boss is gone today. Oh, really? Yeah, you can put the shorts on and bust out the cooler. Why didn't I wear to. shorts then? <laughs> like the big, big boss is gone. Today. I really should have worn Your shorts. Your direct boss is definitely here, but you know. I, oh, yeah, I don't think he'd mind. Look, he might even join he'd, you. Now. Yeah, he'd be fine with that. <laughs> Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Sit back and relax and enjoy this on 1500 ESPN.